On today's episode of Video Marketing Madness, we're going to talk about having your own TV program. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Well, if you want to have your own TV program, perhaps our good friends at Movo can help you to produce that by providing you with some great microphones, stands, lights, and other goodies that will make your productions look like a million bucks. And then you can have your own TV channel or your own TV program. It's up to you. But for now, we're just going to hit some music. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise. And has so much knowledge that you need. His YouTube ninja tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the it's the radio show about video, video marketing madness with Ray the Video Guy, and I'm Steve it's Sleeper. Me. That's Ray. That's, and I'm here. And you want to help me out? Just say yes. Yeah, we do. Okay, all right. You can uh, head over to my YouTube channel, Steve Sleeper Rail Fan. Subscribe, like a video, maybe comment on it. I, I need help. I need lots of help. Yeah, well, you know, Steve, I'm going to start a GoFundMe account for you specifically so that you can go down to Antarctica to get all the trains down there. Yes. You saw that map I posted of the trains. I did. I saw the map. So we're going we're gonna to start a GoFundMe and send you to Antarctica. Excellent. How many train stations are in Antarctica? Do you know? None. <laughs> I posted it, it. It was pretty good. It's it's a map of Antarctica, and it says railroads in Antarctica, and then it's got a legend, and it's like a blue line that says, you know, railroad tracks, and then it's got a, a, a red triangle that says station. And and if you look and at it, it's a blank map. Yeah, it's a blank <laughs> map. There's nothing there. <laughs> and I even put on it. Wait for it. That was my uh, post on it. Wait for it. And uh, you do, people do look at it for a second and go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny because um, there is technically a city in Antarctica. Yeah. Uh, if you can call it a city, but there technically is one. So, yeah, it, it's kind of on the, um, oh, it's on the, uh, the edge of the, uh, Yes. Of the continent where it's not, and it's kind of on the northern edge. Well, yeah, sort of the north northwestern edge of the continent. I forget the name of it, but it's a... I, uh, I don't recall the name of it either. I believe it's, uh, I believe that, it, what is it, the Netherlands that owns it? or Something or? like that. And it's a permanent settlement, although the yeah, people the, aren't there. More like a camp. But. Yeah, it's more <laughs> like a camp. But, I mean, it's been there for a while. And it's got infrastructure and everything, but they rotate to people in and out. You don't stay there forever. Right. So, yeah. yeah I well, think. there you go. But no trains. No trains. At least not yet. Not yet. <laughs> they, they don't need them. Well, they, geez, I've, can you imagine? You'd never I've, be able to I've seen them. that show Snowpiercer, so clearly you can have trains through all that deep snow. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you know that uh, they they had to build the latest building at the South Pole on these sort of stilts that they can adjust, you know, to the snow so right. it doesn't end up sinking or, you know, getting covered up or whatever. Because everything else they built before over time ended up getting covered up with snow. So, Well, there you go. There the you more go. you know. The more you know, the, the less you care. Okay. 
interesting stuff. So having your own TV program, so I uh, I saw some posts that you made about your uh, the TV show you're uh, doing on the escape room and stuff like that. So that that looked pretty interesting. I I yeah. got to tell you, Adam looks like uh, either Russian <laughs> Russian mafia or uh, Russian enforcer <laughs> or something, but. Yeah, he played he played that part fairly well, I have to say. Did he? Okay. All right. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, and I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but um, what we've done here at the Escape Room is we started shooting a new TV program. We've shot the first uh, four episodes, and the show is going to be called The Impossible Challenge, mm-hmm. and it pits two teams of two against each other. In an escape room. Now, they're not in there at the same time. One team goes, then the other team goes, and whoever escapes fastest, if either escape at all, will win uh, the the daily prize, so they could win $1,000 right then and there, and uh, then they get to move on to the finale, which has uh, bigger prizes, should they make it that far, and we only had one team qualify so far. Oh, and okay. uh, that team did walk away with the full $1,000. It was actually pretty impressive. They... Um, they actually blew my mind. It was uh, two kids, young kids, probably, uh, I'm going to say they're probably over 18, but barely, and uh, I call them Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in here a few times in, in a nice way. They're good kids. Um, but uh, I have to admit, I never expected the type of performance that I saw them do. Because I've had them in other escape rooms here before, and, you know, they did okay, but nothing to write home about. They did uh, their escape room in 32 minutes out of mm-hmm. the 60 minutes. Wow. No clues for the full $1,000 because you have to uh, – you start off with $1,000, and you can buy clues along the way. They kept all the clues, so therefore they had $1,000 when they left. They got $1,000 cash and uh, got out in 32 minutes. And that 32 minutes, by the way, was in an escape room that we had added a bunch of new things to to make it more difficult – and they still got out in 32 minutes. Uh, the other team got out of that same room, but with only three minutes left. But unfortunately, this is the sad part, that team was on the same episode as the two kids, so they did not qualify, even oh, though they escaped, oh, which is kind of sad, because yeah, uh, yeah. they that was the only two teams to escape on the first four episodes, and they were both on the same episode, so the only other team to escape... Did not qualify because they lost their round. <laughs> that's that's kind of like you know Shadron State making it to the NCAA tournament as the 64th team, and they got to play Duke in the first round. Yeah. You know? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's it's a difficult uh, difficult sort of thing. But yeah. you know what? We will be having a uh, a second chance round, and I'm sure that they'll uh, you know figure into that as well because they did quite well. On that, we'll put them into another room, challenge them with another team that didn't make it, and see who gets out in uh, record time. There you go. Or first. So the question is, now we've built these four episodes on this TV program, so why are we doing this? What are we going to do this? You know, where's it going to go, and how are we going to use this to build our business? Well, there's some obvious and some less obvious reasons why we're doing this. The most obvious is, of course, for branding and attention. Uh, if you can have a TV show on your brand, it's going to help you to grow your brand. Now, I know uh, one of the more obvious ones would be the uh, the TV show that used to be on. Uh, what was it? I can't remember the name of the actual show. It was Airline or something like that. And it was about Southwest Airlines. 
Well, yeah, I mean, people know what Southwest Airlines is, but boy, oh boy, did they get a ton of free advertising and attention by having that TV show on the Learning Channel or wherever it was. And I don't know if you ever, did you ever see that show, Steve? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. It was on for a few years. It was literally just a, a live reality-based, I mean, truly reality-based uh, kind of uh, just documentary style. Was that the uh, one where, where people where they would have to deal with people that were mad at gate agents? Oh yeah, oh, that, I, I did Absolutely. see that one. Yeah, I did see. I have. And seen it was that on one. for a number of years. And and yeah. you know, one, it, it, it's funny because you know they say any publicity is is good publicity. You know, even bad publicity is good publicity. Things like that. And that could be the case with, with this one here. You think about that. They're filming all this stuff for this TV show. And really, most of what they're showing is the negatives of the airlines. And you would think, well, wait a minute. Doesn't that make Southwest look bad? Well, no, it really didn't. It actually made them look pretty good because these uh, poor ticket agents and whatnot were so friendly with these people that are yelling and swearing and complaining. But, of course, the people yelling and swearing and complaining underneath all the madness really did have legitimate complaints at times which could look negatively on you as a as a business, um, but it didn't. It definitely helped them. It helped them to go from kind of a – I don't want to say they were obscure at the time. People knew – South. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd never heard of Southwest. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm sure sure you no. hadn't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how long they've been around. I mean, they're, they're called Southwest for a reason. They were a regional airline that Texas. after the, the fall of uh, Piedmont and, and Tia uh, – Tia, uh, TWA and some of those other ones kind of filled in the gaps along with them and JetBlue, who really kind of filled in and, and started becoming national with the fall of some of these other ones and the consolidations. But, you know, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have been as popular if that show wasn't there. However, that show definitely got them a lot more attention because in reality, even to this day, I mean, Southwest is still a pretty small airline in comparison to the big boys. They're getting you know, bigger they, all they, the time, but the, oh they, yeah, they, and, and they they're getting close. Yeah, but you know, I, I, mean, obviously I, I would say I would say in the U.S. they're 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 pretty close with the big guys. They just don't have a, they they don't have much in the way of international routes. They fly to Guatemala right. out of yeah. Houston, they don't have but, nearly you know. the number of jets and and yeah. things like that. But you know, in the U.S., I, I would guess they're probably in that top four or five now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but still probably in that top four or five with with a lot. Less, you know, planes. <laughs> well, they got. But I could be wrong. That that may have changed. They, they, it, you know, they, nowadays they, too. They, so. Now, I, I, of course, I used to fly all the time, and uh, I was a United uh, hundred thousand mile flyer. Blah blah blah. And I just got tired of getting stuck in, in, in O'Hare or Denver and being treated <laughs> poorly. And I'm like, you know, I don't need a special line to stand in. I don't need first-class upgrades. I'm, I, I, I don't need all this stuff. Just get me there and be nice to me. So I started flying Southwest. And sure. uh, it's all 737s. And um, uh, so you don't end up on a regional jet like an Embraer. People are nice. And uh, they get you there. You know, I mean, you you and might be late because they're flying into big airports now. But you, they, they, just they will... to uh, to throw it out there, they're now number three. Believe it or not, they're actually ahead of United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. When, when when I started flying them years ago, and I'm talking thirty plus years ago, they were Texas and Arizona. No, not. Well, yes, because they flew to Albuquerque, Texas. No, New Mexico. They flew to Albuquerque right, right. and and Louisiana, and that was it. 
Really? Because yeah. I thought they were did a lot of stuff out of, in or, and out of Arizona. Originally, too. originally they were just Texas, and uh, yeah. and then um, uh, the, the, then it just kind of exploded from there. But yeah, the, originally they were they were they were just Texas, and then Texas and Louisiana, and then uh, they started adding Ralphs. And again, you know, not trying to say that that the TV show made them. However, it definitely. Got them a ton well, of explo- exposure. The, the, and, and we're a little off track here. But what I noticed with the TV <laughs> show is that either the passengers were just being total idiots, you know, just just being Karens, and the gate agents <laughs> and stuff dealt with it well. Yeah. You know, like somebody was drunk and they couldn't let him on the plane. Or, or the passenger really had a legitimate beef, and the gate agents... Uh, didn't disagree with them and just tried to make it as good as they could and were as pleasant, you know, were pleasant, you know, dealt with it professionally. So, you know, that's the two things I noticed with it. Anyhow. And, and, you know, but point being is they got a ton of exposure. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. now certainly, you know, our our show here, The Impossible Challenge, not going to be on TLC, at least not yet. (laughs) Probably never will be on TLC, but there's certainly some opportunities. We're actually starting with a a, 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 an OTT uh, network, over-the-top network, meaning they are on things like Roku and, and Amazon Fire, uh, you know, things like that. Um, the uh, network that's uh, putting it together is a network called the DuPont Network. And uh, you can actually check out the DuPont Network if you go to uh, uh, DuPontNow.com. You can actually watch that network. They, you know, they it's a traditional type of uh network you know usually usually when i go there they're showing episodes of 911 uh things like that you know reruns and things like that but uh they do have some original programming the um the show that we shot here a few months ago which was uh called finders keepers and that one actually had the finale here at the escape room that one um is uh, going to be coming out soon on DuPont and a few other places, and then this one will come some somewhere mid-year. We would we would assume it would start to debut. We do have a lot more episodes to go, uh, but we should get some pretty good exposure with that. In fact, they're really saying as far as their original content, uh, this might be their flagship show hmm. for original content on the network because they do show a lot of uh, TV reruns and things sure. like that. Um, but we'll see how that goes, and hopefully it goes really well. But the the big thing about this is you can't really beat that kind of exposure. Now I understand you might be saying, well, wait a minute, I'm a I'm a you know a dentist or I'm a, a flower shop or or you know whatever. I'm an accountant. How am I going to do a I'm, TV I'm, show? I'm, well, I'm a drug dealer. Yeah, well, you know there'd probably be some pretty good shows that could be made out of that. Sure, I think there we've are. seen a few. They're already out there. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you think about that though. We can see shows that are about some of these things. You know, I mean, obviously, The Office was not a a reality show or anything like that, but it was a documentary style in an office. Now, granted, you know, not every office has uh, Steve Carell running it, but, you know, (laughs) you could certainly do. We've talked about this, by the way, of doing an office style, um, at least a YouTube show here at the escape room. You know, we interview people that work here off off um you know off to the side and kind of doing it like the office and saying yeah you know billy really thinks he's funny when he's running those rooms but he's really kind of annoying you know we can have some fun and do some crazy things and and whatnot um but 
you know, if you're a dentist's office, you could have some kind of dental um, TV program. It could be educational. It doesn't necessarily have to be entertainment. It could be educational. It could be entertainment as well. It could be all sorts of things. You know, maybe it's just, um, you know, the interactions of the office, just like with the Southwest show. I mean, who would have thought, you know, a, a show about an actual airline would, would do anything? And it was very popular. So you, you can make some creative things out of what you do. If there, you there, there is a lawyer out there, and I can't remember the name of his channel. I keep, I keep running across it, and I should have saved it, but I didn't. But um, he um, doesn't so much talk about his cases as he talks about the sort of sensational cases that are out I'm there. I'm assuming you're probably talking about my good buddy Steve Leto. That's it. <laughs> Yes, I was watching his stuff uh, this morning, actually. Again. Yeah. yeah, and that does fabulously as far as... Yeah, and that's a very different kind of... I mean, I don't know if I'd call that a TV show. That's more like a video blog, but, okay. you know, it kind of falls hand in hand. Think of the exposure that he gets. His The funny thing is, is his actual field of law is, um, you know, like lemon laws and automobile cases and things like that. But he talks about all sorts of stuff, military things and, and police uh, brutality cases and strange cases with HOAs and you name it, he does it and he gets tons and tons and tons of viewers. And he's just a, a lawyer out in Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, but he gets views all over the country. Now we're just a, an escape room here in, in, in uh, Georgia and in California. Uh, but, you know, think about that. Once this show is out and, and we start gaining popularity, possibly, you know, that's when we could potentially expand in fact because of this show we've actually uh, been talking to somebody about some expansion ideas based off of the fact that we've got this show so having a show like this could really be a vehicle towards expansion and building things out you know if people see what we're doing and people want to invest in opening up franchises i mean there's all sorts of things that could happen now is it going to happen well it's tough to say but it definitely could lead to things like that. And, you know, we mentioned Steve Leto, but the law f- field, there's a lot of them. There's the lock-picking lawyer who's – I watch his stuff all the time. He He's amazing. He picks locks <laughs> Wow. and talks about the law. Um, there's, uh, there's another lawyer uh, who's the civil rights lawyer, and he talks about civil rights cases that he does, uh, typically dealing with, you know, Fourth Amendment violations and, and First Amendment violations and things like that. But he talks all about that kind of stuff in the cases that he deals with. So any field can really have some great stuff. Uh, there is a guy, I wouldn't call it a TV show, but based on what he does, I, I could see it being a longer form television program. It's a guy, I believe he's down in Florida, and he just does videos from inside the subway that he owns, or that is actually his parents own. And it, you own never see subway? who he is how in many, inside how, a subway how many sandwich st- shop. Oh, a sandwich shop. Oh, yes, yes. I thought maybe it was a subway, like a train. <laughs> nope, sandwich shop. I know you get excited because of trains, but no, it's yes. a sandwich shop. So he, um, literally, you never even see him. All you see is a camera kind of shooting down at the food as he's making it, and he tells stories. And it, and it's fascinating. I mean, it doesn't sound like it would be, but it's absolutely fascinating. And he does it at high speed while he's doing it. And, and there's another guy who has one inside a, an ice cream shop. And it's just him telling stories while he makes fresh ice cream. Um, I believe that one might be in a, a Sub-Zero. I don't know if you're familiar with Sub-Zero, Steve. No. Um, 
Sub-Zero is where they actually make the ice cream right in front of you, so they're not just scooping it out. They're literally creating oh, we, the ice cream. We, we've got stoled cone cold creamery cold stone yep cold yep. stone creamery and but we don't i don't think we have i don't know my my my, my wife knows all these things i'll ask her yeah well and a funny story about the sub-zero uh adam and i actually talked to the owner of sub-zero and we actually did talk about buying out that company at one point in time oh really um, because it's all franchised. Like I think they own they only own like two corporate stores or something like that. It's all just the franchise. But we actually did uh, talk to them during COVID about the potential of selling it. And and the lady that uh, is in charge of it, she was actually willing to. Um, I don't know. It just never really, you know, came to fruition. Um, especially because a lot of the shops were closed and and she was having a lot of issues with, you know, the franchise stores not staying in communication and not knowing who was open and who wasn't. And so she had just had enough at the time. But we did talk to them about that, oddly enough. Um, But, you know, again, a nice show about that, showing them making ice cream and just an incredible, um, entertaining and you wouldn't, Again, you wouldn't really think it would be, but it really is <laughs> to watch some of these things and see, you know, just somebody making ice cream and telling stories about customers and think people they meet and, and whatnot. And it was fascinating. We got so one. don't think that what you do is too boring to, to be some sort of a TV show because it potentially could be. We've got one in Sioux Falls, South Dakota in Overland Park, Kansas. That's the closest to me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and there. By the way, if you ever get a chance to go to one of those, they are. It is great ice cream. It really yeah, is. So sub zero oh, yeah. nitrogen ice cream. Yep, uh, they they actually they were on Shark Tank at one point too. Oh, were they? Um, then and the sharks did not invest because they said you don't need our investment. Oh, <laughs> wow. They said you're doing quite fine by yourselves. You don't need to give up valuation for some extra money to open up an extra store. You've got them, you know. You've got everything you need. But anyway, regardless of that, by the way, there you go. Get on, get on Shark Tank. There's, there's your TV episode if you don't want to do a whole show. That's right. Um, but yeah, any business potentially could be a show. And with all of this over the top, uh, Roku and Amazon Fire stuff. It's not difficult to start your own channel if you needed to, to get your own shows. And there are people with channels out there. You know, and, and the DuPont Network is a very serious one. Like, they, they actually have a, a serious viewership. They get good sponsors and things like that. Um, but there are tons of uh, channels on things like Roku that are looking for content. And you're not going to make a ton of money off it, but you're going to get some exposure. You might make a little bit of money off of it through revenue shares and things like that. Uh, my my good buddy, uh, Craig Crawford, he actually creates a program, and, and people listening to this probably are familiar with it, called TV Boss. And it's all about creating your own TV channels on things like Roku and Amazon Fire and soon be coming to uh, Apple TV because you can create your own channels on there. And you can actually do quite well. So imagine if you're, a, you know, if you are an accountant, you want to do an accountant show, start your own whole channel on there. You can get other content and feature yours within there. So your show and, and other shows, and and as we've seen with Dupont Network and and uh, some other uh, of those channels that are on there, they can get real broadcast TV content as reruns. Uh, there was one guy I know he started a channel where he got access to. Tons and tons and tons of sports footage of mm. older sports and started using all of that and rerunning that. And he did quite well with that. Uh, you could put your own stuff within that and run your own commercials in there and, and do all sorts of great things. 
you know, w- with our TV show, we're going to be pushing obviously our locations. Even though you know, if you're in uh, the middle of Nebraska, you're probably not going to come to one of our current locations. But if you travel, maybe you will. You know, you make it yeah. out to California, you might go there. Yeah. So it's going to be worth it as far as that goes, and locally, it should well be worth it. And uh, you know, it didn't really cost us much of anything to do this because we're partnered with the network to do it. And they were excited to put this together. So we've got the potential to make some money without spending a ton of money on it. Um, you know, Obviously, in, in the case of ours, it's a game show. We had to have the cash money for anybody who won. So we only had one winner, so we didn't have to give a whole lot of cash out. But uh, we did have that available. And now we've got content that is going to be on a network. But at some point in time, we can convert that to YouTube content and have that on YouTube we could break it up into pieces and use that on YouTube or TikTok or Twitter or or, or YouTube Shorts or Facebook. Plurk. And we've really got some cool stuff. Plurk, which, by the way, uh, don't laugh. I was actually dealing with Plurk yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, they are still around. They are still around. There's a, a new syndication program that syndicates your content, and Plurk is still one of the networks that you can uh, join. I'll be darned. So we always make fun of Plurk, but they are still around, yeah. which is better than most. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've survived past uh, MySpace. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess MySpace is still around. MySpace but. is still around, but yeah, I don't know why. But uh, yeah, so uh, think about that. You would have some good, high-quality content that you can use not only on some sort of network, but that you could use in all of the other social media, put it on your website. And, of course, the other half of that is we now can have episodes of the show running in our lobby. We can have posters in our lobby, you know, uh, the Impossible Challenge on the DuPont Network, you know, filmed right here at Impossible Escape. Come to Impossible Escape and play the games that were on the Impossible Challenge. You know, we've got lots of opportunities to advertise in all sorts of different ways simply because we did this TV show. And again, it wasn't difficult to do. We contacted um, a, a small network and a small production company because the guy that runs the network has his own uh, production company, One Family Media Group, and he produces, you know, non-scripted content, reality TV, as many people call it. But he also does movies and and some other things as well. He's working on a movie right now. But uh, it was not a a difficult thing to do. And you know, the funny thing is, it wasn't as massive a production as you might think either. You know, if you were on on the set of uh, you know the new Law and Order. You're going to see gigantic cameras and, and directors and scripts and actors. and Well, this is non-scripted TV. You don't have a lot of that stuff. Right. You have uh, smaller cameras that fit anywhere. You've got um, you know, a producer. I was uh, myself and Adam are the executive producers. Uh, Thomas Ford was the, the uh, producer of the show. We had a, an associate producer and you know and then just the rest of the cast and crew, the cast and crew being customers that wanted to be on the teams. How many episodes so, did you do, or are you uh, doing We did or? four so far. There will be 13 for season one. Oh, I see. Okay. So we shot four of them um, over the over the weekend, and uh, took us about took us three days. The toughest part being getting everybody to show up that was supposed to show up and be on the show. Oh, well, we texted you to say we couldn't yeah. do three o'clock yeah. on Sunday. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, you didn't, because I didn't give you my phone number, so you couldn't have texted me. But yeah. anyway, no, no no bitter feelings. We had enough teams. <laughs> And we got them through it all, and and uh, 
you know, it was a great process. It didn't require a ton of people. It didn't require a ton of, you know, massive equipment. We had some lights and some cameras and that was, and some microphones. We had Movo microphones there, of course. There you go. And uh, Movo stands for some of the stuff and uh, got it all produced. And uh, we'll see if the, you know, if the, if the production is any good in the end. Yeah, <laughs> see if right, we like it. Because right, right. I'll tell you, you know, when you think of like the uh, the Southwest show, um, that uh, that was very simple to produce. I mean, mm-hmm. I I would love to have seen the crew there. It's probably just one or two, maybe two cameras, probably one camera even that just kind of followed them around and and shot different things, and probably a light and a sound guy, and that's it. There probably wasn't a whole lot going on there as far as the production, and ours wasn't a whole lot more than that. Um, in fact, uh, you know, the majority of the footage was these cameras that we put into the escape rooms to catch them from different angles. We had a whole bunch of cameras in each of the rooms shooting at different angles at all times that he's going to go through and put together. And it's, you know, that night vision style cameras and whatnot. Um, it's kind of like when we did Ghost Hunters. When we did Ghost Hunters, they were just using, you know, little, I don't, know if, I don't even know if it was GoPros at the time, but they weren't using fancy cameras or anything. They were using what they had and what they could afford to use at the time. Some of the footage for our show was done with uh, with uh, smartphones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, with iPhones. Yeah. Some of the behind the scenes stuff. But by doing the show, we build credibility, we build brand, we've got something to show, and and ours was uh, more <laughs> more dramatic than than the Southwest show, or I shouldn't say dramatic because that could be dramatic at times, but that was very just point to camera at people and see what happens. Um, this one here, we did produce a lot of stuff. So, for instance, as you mentioned, Adam was kind of dressed up. He was dressed up as uh, Dr. A uh, for Dr. Adam. But Dr. A was kind of like the evil genius behind these rooms that he, he created to lock he, people in. He wasn't Dr. Cal? He was not Dr. Cal for this one, no. He was Dr. Okay. A. <laughs> Dr. A. Okay. Dr. Cal was for a different reason at a different time. But, oh, okay. But, yeah, Dr. A, and, you know, he wore the, the fancy suit and had the funky sunglasses and taunted the people that didn't escape and handed money to the people that did. But, you know, very much a character-driven um, semi-reality show. So it was a, imagine a game show where things were a little silly. Uh, a little over the top, and and I call it the uh, I call it kind of like uh, pro wrestling style, where you know uh, it's meant to look like it's some sort of reality thing, which the game show part of it was, but very over the top characters and and a kind of you know scripted interactions, not scripted, but uh, staged interactions between the the guests and and Doctor A and the two co-hosts, because mm-hmm. the two co-hosts we had one was you know one was um, for each team, one was on their side and one wasn't on their side. So the interviews, one would be sarcastic to them and one would be nice. And, you know, so there was a lot of that going on. But, sure. of course, the actual, you know, time in the escape rooms was just recorded documentary style of, of what was going on. And uh, should be pretty good. Probably a little bit cheesy, but that's kind of on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Meant to be a little over the top and a little weird, but... One of those guilty pleasure type shows. Can't be any worse than the Kardashians, right? That's right. That's I, right. I guess I, I wouldn't know. I've never seen that. I've never seen the Kardashians, but it can't be any worse than that because yeah. of the Kardashians. From what I've heard, anyway. Yeah, from so. what I've heard. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So having your own TV show, a great way to kind of build your brand and, and get some attention. 
And uh, now I, I understand that some of the equipment that you use there, they help make uh, video marketing madness possible. They do. Our good buddies over at Movo help make that possible with all of their great equipment. And, uh, you know, we use microphones, we use stands, uh, we have some lights that are that are from them. Um, I don't think they make the lights, but they, they do provide the lights. And uh, I believe they use uh, seven oak lights in uh, at Movo. But we use their stands, we use their, their microphones and a bunch of their other equipment as well, in very, not only in this production, but in a lot of the things that we do. And uh, if you want to be able to do that and you want to look more professional, even if you're just shooting with your smartphone, head on over to Movo at raiselinks.com slash Movo, where you can check out some of their wired and wireless microphones, their lapel mics, their desktop mics, their stands, their little mini tripods, which I still, I love my mini tripod. Love that thing. I use that all the time. It's uh, what's great about it is it's called a tripod, but it's really kind of like a, a, a short monopod with uh, three smaller legs at the bottom. Oh. So it doesn't take up that big footprint of a tripod because the actual tripod part is actually small and at the bottom. But it's great for uh, using on on your desk. I used to believe it or not on my my old desk, which was a little bit bigger than this one as far as the uh, the width of the, not the width, but from the front to the back of the desk was a little bigger. Uh, I used to actually have to stick an actual tripod on my desk. I used one of those little cheapy tripods from uh, Best Buy. But once I got the Movo tripod, well, now I can just kind of – it's just kind of like having a pole sitting there on the desk, and I can put a webcam on it up higher if I want. And it's fantastic. But you can check out all of these great products by heading on over to raiselinks.com slash Movo and checking out all the great things they have to offer. Whew. And now – Ethel. And now. Yes, Ethel, who is not in the show, she's still very cross with me for that. She's definitely cross, very, very cross. cross. And uh, speaking of cross, she's crossing the room with her walker. Oh, and now she's vaulting over it like a gymnast, heading on over to that ukulele. And here she goes. Here's the closing song. We'll see you all next week. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise and has so much knowledge that you need. His YouTube ninja tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy, yeah, Ray the Video Guy.